Welcome to another episode of the SNC Podcast. I am your host, Paula Shari Anozie. Today's episode covers what it takes to become a master of ceremonies or compare a career in the entertainment industry that some people might be exploring or actively looking to get into. I will be speaking to an experienced master of ceremonies about his journey, tips and strategies for people that are looking to break into the sector and more. I will also be talking about branding and public speaking and how artists and creatives can more effectively build these key skill sets in order to be well-rounded individuals and ultimately brands. But before I introduce my guest, don't forget to check us out on our social media platforms. So we are active on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is the SNC podcast. So that's T-H-E. S-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That is all one word. Again, that's T-H-E-S-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alrighty. My guest for today is Mr. Oladele Ogunlano. Mr. Ogunlano is an experienced master of ceremonies, brand consultant, and personal development coach. He is the chief executive officer of Characters Limited, a business advisory firm that provides organizational effectiveness strategies with an emphasis on training and brand management. He has significant experience in customer service, public relations, and perception management. Through his active involvement in Junior Chamber International, he has built a network that cuts across over 100 cities and territories. Mr. Ogunlano also serves as the Director of Operations in Nigeria for Media Training Worldwide, an organization that specializes in media, presentation, public speaking, and speech training. Welcome to the SNC podcast, Mr. Let me just say your full name, Mr. Oladele Ogunlano. Okay. (laughs) Because you know I call you Mr. O, but it's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Thank you. So I should start off congratulating you on the success with the Bling Legotions. Thank you. Which... If I am right, according to facts that I saw online, was the is it the highest grossing movie of twenty nineteen? I mean, twenty nineteen is still like October. Well, so far, it so is. far, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the movie, you play the character Gray. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a bit about what it was like playing that character, and what was it about the script that made you want to be a part of the movie? Okay, I'll take the last first. Okay, okay. Um, when I read the script, well, it was my first movie. So I read the script and it was real. Very unlike me, I sat down and I read through the entire script. And it was real because it's something we see daily. It's Lagos, the false life, the flash, the Paparazzi. The, the lies <laughs> of Lagos. And that was really what caught my attention because it was real. And then I had the opportunity of actually suggesting how it should end. So... I made my suggestion, which was which was informed by the fact that I didn't want it to end the way people would expect it to end. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, was what triggered the saying that, um, why don't you audition for this part? And then I did the audition, and I was told that I got the part. That's cool. Did you know you could act? Truthfully, I think everybody acts. And then, especially in this country, we are, we are bling negotiations. <laughs> We're all acting one way or the other. Yeah. So, but something that I always wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I just never got around to doing it. Okay. 
So, so you're looking, we're looking forward to more scripts in the future and more. Um, I'm actually reading over. Are some you serious? For, uh, please yeah. insert me. Oh, means I want to be acting. Will do. All right. Well, that's awesome. So I'm excited to talk with you today because I want to talk about other jobs within the entertainment industry that some people are interested in but are unsure about how to make it into a career. Mm. And these are aspects of the entertainment industry which you have significant experience and expertise in. Specifically, one of the key jobs I want to talk about is includes um, being a master of ceremonies. We, you know, you have a master of ceremonies. Is that applicable to both men and women? Do they have I madame believe, of ceremonies? No, no, no. I believe it's just master of ceremonies. Okay. Yeah. So one of the jobs I want to talk to you about is being a master of ceremonies. And I also want to talk about branding, public speaking, as it relates to building visibility as an artist or creative, okay. or possibly even a music executive who's trying to get his or her name out there. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Fine. Great. Now, before we dive into that, sir, let's get to know a bit more about you. You talked about Bling Lego Oceans, but people are like, who? You know, they might have seen the movie, but they don't know the man behind Grey, the character. So, just a quick summary of your background. You are a compare slash master of ceremonies. You're a personal development coach. You're a public speaker. You're a public relations consultant. You were engaged by the Ogun State Government in preparing its 2003 State Executive and Legislature through training sessions. You were also a member of the Transition Committee for the former Governor of Ogun State, Otungba Benga Daniel. You've also been engaged as a consultant to facilitate seminars, workshops, and retreat sessions for top corporate organizations and blue chip companies, both in and out of the country, such as GT Bank, UBA, Intercontinental Bank, to name a few. You are actively involved in Junior Chamber International. Now, with your wealth of professional experience, 20 years to be exact, right? Hmm. You've been working for 20 years, right? Yeah. Or did I, did I add some years to that? But let's oh, right. leave it at 20. <laughs> okay. It sounds, it sounds better because listening to you make it sound like I should retire. Yeah. <laughs> so 20 years to be exact. Sir. You have a Bachelor of Science degree in economics from the University of Ife. Yes, thank you for calling it that. <laughs> so, how did you get into the entertainment slash professional development space with a degree in economics? What made you make that switch? Yes, um, degree in economics was mm-hmm. just a degree in economics. Okay. Um, soon after, I worked in consulting and accounting. Okay. And um, soon after, I started selling foreign exchange. Mm. Yes. Um, soon after... I switched to training customer service management. Why? Because we have such an issue with excellence. We have such an issue with understanding what is right. We have a big issue with customer service and people don't even know, which is more of a bigger issue. So I thought, let me stay in that space and see what I can do, which is what I did with the banks. Unfortunately, when the banking Wahala started, they thought it in their wisdom to cut off training, which was really when they should continue. But that was when that slowed down a bit. So I I, I thought, let me be a part of that change in terms of getting people to understand that there's a benefit in being customer-centric. In addition to public relations, just trying to get people to do things Mm -hmm. right. And then also trying to help people to tell their story the way they want their story to be told. Mm. And I've enjoyed that space. I, the truth is, I, I can get bored very easily. Mm-hmm. So in that space, you can't have the same thing 
repeatedly. Yes. You're dealing with different human beings. Oh, sorry, different characters. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it more interesting for me. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's really cool. Because I was, as I was preparing to interview you, I was just thinking to myself that I think, especially with, I'm not trying to say you're old, but I'm saying people hmm. of your generation, like your. <laughs> wait, Sana, wait. I'm saying your parents, right? Because the average Nigerian parent, especially with from your, your, your parents' generation, would have wanted their kids to go into law or business or medicine, right? So, what did your parents tell you or think when you you went to school, you went to IFA, you read economics, and then here you are being focused on customer service and talking about personal development. How did they react to that? Sometimes I feel sorry for them to have a <laughs> child like me. Yeah. Um, yes, I studied economics and my father had his own plan. He wanted me to become an accountant mm -hmm. because his friends are accountants. Oh, I, um, I wanted to do law after my economics mm. and he was so viciously angry about that because my sister practices law as mm -hmm. well. So I thought, you know what, if it's going to get to that, let me just do what I want to do. Mm. Um, I am a strong believer in letting people just live their lives in terms of what makes you happy because we spend most of our lives at work. Mm -hmm. So you better be happy doing what you want to do. But do you think that that's easier to say, sir, when you are making money from the thing that you love because I've, there are different schools of thoughts that people have when it comes to pursuing your passion and doing stuff that pays the bills. Let me put it this way. This is, and this is what I tell my friends. Um, your hobby is your hobby. It what, it's what makes you excited. It, it gives you, it defines you and it gives you fulfillment. Now, when your hobby starts to make money for you, you're in a good place. Mm. So remember it's your hobby. So when you're doing it, whether you make money or not, mm -hmm. you're not as sad as it would be when you're forced to do something you don't even want to do. So when it starts to make money, for it inspires you. It, and then one thing I learned late, though, is you've got to constantly sit at that point so that people know you for that. Mm -hmm. And I think my trigger point was when a friend of mine said to me one day, he said, um, I'd like to give you a business, but I don't know what you do. Mm. It was a really sad day for me because um, if your friend does not know what you do, mm. then you're in trouble. Nobody's going to help you. Which actually goes to one of my questions on how people just brand themselves, which we'll get to later. But that's that's a very that's very true. Like if people don't know what it is that you do. So are you saying that it's it's not good to be a jack of all trades, master of none, or is it the fact that nobody even just knows what you do? From experience. Do not be jack of all trades. Mm. Let people know that this is what you do. Yes. Okay, so Ola cleans toilets and he cleans them so well. Mm -hmm. So when there's a need for a toilet to be cleaned, they, they think you. Ola. Yeah. So Ola does events so well. When they think of events, let them call Ola. Mm -hmm. Then from that point, then it becomes a pricing issue. Mm. So when they know that it's Ola, they will try and offer you peanuts. Now it's it's up to you because one, it's your hobby. Two, it's income. And then three, you've got to decide whether, okay, you want to pitch low. One other lesson I learned is, um, and it was from experience, even though you're going to give someone a discount, let it be so stated. And I learned that lesson because there was a day I gave someone an invoice and then he negotiated. I think he probably negotiated like maybe 100000 or something. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, fine. 
So I sent him an invoice for 100,000. And then someone comes to me for a job and I say 500,000. I say, ah, be you, you gave so-so for 100,000. I saw the invoice. Wow. Yeah, and I thought, ouch, never. Yeah. So I will give you an invoice for 500. Yes. And then I will state a discount of 400 if I'm going to do 100. So that's another thing I learned yeah. because people will throw stuff at you. But you've also got to be careful to pitch yourself at a decent enough point where mm. I've turned down jobs because mm. um, you've got to place a premium on yourself. That's true. So someone someone told me that like uh, was it like two years ago? It's very very important. But you are touching on some of the points I want to make. But let's backtrack a little, okay? Because okay. you're going ahead. Let's start with people who are interested in becoming a master, and I'm going to make my own word, Madam of Ceremonies. Now, how did you even make that transition? So you said customer service it was very key to your heart. How did you now say, okay, from customer service, I also want to get into becoming a compare slash master of ceremonies? I'm, I'm trying to remember how that happened. But I think, again, people will always prompt you. There's some things you wouldn't identify in yourself, mm-hmm. I have come to believe. Um, so people will prompt you and say, right, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? And then you begin to see that there is that gap Thread. that they know you can feel. Yeah, yeah. And so you better jump into it and fill it and then hone your skills in that area. And I think that's probably how it happened. And um, still, uh, you see, it's so difficult in this environment because if you're not friends with event planners, they're just going to be out there just struggling. In this space, you've got to know the event planners and then they place you with the events. Mm-hmm, and yeah. that's how you get known. Yes. So do it, watch people's reactions, and um, be able to take criticism. It's so key. It can be difficult mm-hmm. because someone is probably telling you that, what was that you did? You know. Mm-hmm. But then you need to ask, what did I do wrong? And then you get better. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've also said right from the start, I tell people from the first meeting, I am not a comedian. So don't expect me to crack jokes. Yes, somewhere along the line we might laugh. Yes. But I'm not out to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've kept that distinction because it also helps. But then you stay there because I'm not going to start learning jokes because I want to make, I'm going to pitch my tent where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And then somebody would pick you out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To dive a bit more into the, I guess, master of ceremonies or compare industry. I want to start talking about alagas. So alagas, would you call the? Am I am I am I? Is that the right word? Alaga. The alagas, right? Mm-hmm. Alaga. So will they be also? Will they also be seen as master of ceremonies? And I'm asking that question because I look at the master of ceremonies or compet industry in different categories, especially for someone who's trying to start out, right? So you have baby showers, you have birthday parties, you have corporate events, you have government events, right? Let me put it this way: a master of ceremonies is. Is not just that role, mm-hmm. and this is what I keep trying to get people to see. And until we get people to see the importance of a master of ceremony, the master of ceremonies drives the event from beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. So you are involved every step of the way. And so when people think that they can just come up on stage and throw a sheet of paper in front of you, it's a problem because you need to tie your event from beginning to the end, and that's where the work is. You've got to be able to. Keep it seamless all through. So it's also, it's. I let me say it's also a skill because you you must be able to link or loop activities and also ensure that there is that flow and then you can quickly cover up for any gaps. Oh my! I had an event once and I had announced a fashion 
display or whatever. And we were still waiting for the lady 10 minutes after. And unfortunately, it was one of those presentations that they just drop on you. So it was, it was a mess. So it's either you know how to quickly move to the next event because you have a full picture. And then you can, so it's, it's a very difficult role. And so it also means that you must be able to manage an event or manage a process. And you must also be able to think quick and hold an audience. That's the important part again. Yeah. You've got to be able to hold an audience. It's worse when it's a live broadcast. I learned that last two years ago. I learned that two years ago. You don't walk off stage and go to the back to find out what's happening. It's a live show. So you've got to engage. You've got to stay on stage. You've got to keep a smile. You've got to yeah. show that there's nothing wrong. Everything is <laughs> under control. Even if the fire is burning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you've just got to be able to engage people mm-hmm. at some point and then it works out. Then it becomes easy, really. Yeah. So I guess in our day and in our, in our own, my own generation and ones mm. after me, <laughs> I'm not trying to age you. I'm just saying. In your time, there was no social media. Mm-hmm. How did you now go about locating the event planners that you were going to? Just telling people, this is what I do. Yeah. It, it, was, it was hard. It's a lot easier now because I can decide this week to just blast some promo on myself yes. out there on social media. And it works because people then call. And then, you know, with LinkedIn, you say, this person has checked out your profile. Mm-hmm. And then you know that, okay, somebody's checking. That's interesting. So now I have two questions still tied to this topic of being in master ceremonies one of them is the fact that if you're starting out and you're trying to get that experience i mean i guess some people get lucky and they have the right connections and the right network and they can just jump from starting out to doing government events or corporate events was there a process for you whereby you started off with baby showers or birthday parties was there like a progression or did you just break into the corporate event sector and that was you just hit the ground running well i did a lot of friend events okay um and as a matter of fact i remember i went for i did a 40th birthday for a friend and at that event my friend said to some lady who was there and said this is my friend ola this is what he does and believe it or not this was like 12 15 years ago and this lady still calls me for different events wow. every time. And she's been consistent. And so there was a day I actually bought her a gift. Because I was thinking, how do I say thank you? So I, I got someone that knows what she likes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I got her a gift. And I gave it to her. And she said something to me. She said, I should be thanking you. She says, because you make life so easy for me. Mm. She said, and that's why I need you at every event. Because I don't even bother again. Once yeah. I get you that I know you will sort it out. And you know, sometimes those kind of feedback really help. And she's been consistent. She's Mm. always put me in the picture. So for someone who is looking to break into the sector right now, the being a master ceremonies, it's much easier because we have social media. So you can know who the top event planners in Lagos are. If maybe you're in a Belkuta, you can identify the people that are going to be the event planners and yep. then find your way to link up with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, another question I have. Sorry, you must also be ready to do a lot of free or low-budget gigs. Mm-hmm. You know, because as we're talking, and I just remembered uh, Teju Babyface. Mm-hmm. Teju Babyface, this junior chamber international, we'll call him, Abuja, let's go, 20K, that's what we're giving you. Yeah. And he'll take it. 
You know, he did a lot of that, and he will do a good job. He won't do a 20k job. Job, yes. And that's what I tell people: if you're going to do it, just do it, because you never know your next line might just be in the audience. That's very true. That's very true. Now, in terms of branding, which I want to just touch on for being a master of ceremonies, is it small for a person to gain experience serving as a master of ceremonies at various types of social events, or is it best to stick to one type or strand of social event? Now, for example. Do you serve as a master of ceremonies at, let's just say, it's a Yoruba speaking event? And I say Yoruba because you're Yoruba. And if you do want to transition to speaking to English or corporate events, which are corporate events, honestly, they are most less likely to speak Yoruba or like a traditional language, most likely English. So I say that I'm asking that question because in terms of branding and how people perceive you, because sometimes in Nigeria and Lagos, I'm mean, talking about bling Lagosians, we're sometimes very fake. So someone says, ah. In Yomashe, Yoruba event, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not touching enough. So how can a person walk that line? Like if you say you want to make, eventually make that transition to hosting top gigs, but you feel like you have to start, or like you said, doing stuff for your friends and maybe they're only speaking Yoruba, they or Igbo or Hausa. How do you now manage that? I, I think you've just got to decide what you want to do. Okay. Talk about branding. I only do events in my bow tie. So... I mean, I was saying to someone recently, I mean, I was at a function. I said, oh, are you the MC? And I said, look at me. He said, oh, okay. You're not wearing your bow tie. And I smiled because for me, it was good. Because mm-hmm. that means I'd created that brand. Yes. You know, but so I would only do an event in my bow tie. I would not feel comfortable doing an event in Abada. Why? I, it's just not me. So I had this 90th birthday party I had to do a month or so ago. And they were going on and on and said, oh, mama would like you to, it would be nice to have you in Agbada. I said, sorry, I, I don't even think I would do well wearing Agbada. And they're like, really? The 90-year-old people would like, I said, sorry, it's just. Not you. And then I thought, maybe it could be a way of showing some other side of me. I just, nah. So the lady just said, you know what, just do your suit. So I guess one has got to decide what you want. One other thing that I find out is, it's all cyclical. I don't think I would do well at weddings anymore. And I say that because I've watched the way weddings are done in recent times, and it's just not me. I'm not going to be jumping up and down. I saw one, and I saw the MC was jumping, dancing, and I just said, hey, no, no, this <laughs> is not me. So it's a phase, and it's a different set of guys on the block now. So, so really, they push you to stick to corporates. Mm. And that's what's going on. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, corporates are also looking for entertainment. So they would rather stick to someone that can that is an entertainer mm-hmm. and can also do the role of a, a, a compare. Yeah. yeah. So it's for some of us that are not entertaining, it, it's becoming um restricted. It's yeah. a, a smaller space. But we'll stay there because yeah. that's really the space. But then again, do you don't you think that it's important to adapt? So if you just rightly said that companies or, excuse me, corporate events are looking for people that are not just able to be MCs, but they're also entertaining. Mm-hmm. So why is it, why can't you just include that into your skill set? Interesting that you're saying that. Um, I compared an event last week uh-huh. and I shocked everybody by singing. <laughs> you know, I just thought exactly what you said. Yeah. I said, I'm going to do this. And so shocked everybody because there was somebody else going to sing and she just picks the mic and says, 
I'm going to do this song because the celebrant has asked for it. She wants to dance with her husband. But I'm not going to do it on my own. I'm going to sing with Ola. And I'm like, oh my. <laughs> and then I thought, why not? Yes. You know, so that happened. And it was like, really? You sing? You know? And so it's a different, it's an addition to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Which I was thinking, I was yes, still sir. thinking that I could shock it in at some point. But yes. she just blew it open. Yes, sir. And it's okay. But for jokes... I'm not going to try that. Yeah, no, I think it's just knowing your strength and your yeah. weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. And I, the reason why I was asking that question because you touched on something that I heard on a different podcast that I was listening to. And the he's actually a celebrity who was talking about the fact that what, exactly what you said. He was supposed to go and speak at, a, at an event and usually he dresses in sweats. His name is E.T. Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher. He has this podcast called Secret to Success, which is an amazing podcast You should that people should check out if you are interested in personal development. And he talked about the fact that He's always been known to wear sweats. And he, when he first started out becoming a, what should we call it, a motivational speaker, he was told to wear a suit to come and give a talk. And he said that, this is not me. And the guy who is um, his friend slash his manager told him that, but we need the money. He said mm-hmm. that, I know we need the money, but this is not me. The moment I start wearing suits, it shows that I am not true to who I am. And he said that it was hard because they needed the money. But he said that now they say, no, 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 no. We want you in sweats because that's all we've seen. So I was just asking that question because sometimes I feel like it can be hard, especially when money no they enter. You feel like you just have to do everything and say, you go, you go crack joke, I'll be dancer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Now, he talks about something. Um, when you're planning an event, you have to know how to structure an event from the beginning to the end. What skills do people need in order to become a successful master of ceremonies? I think you must have time management skills. It's really kosher. Because one, the person, the person with the event is having so much fun and doesn't really care about the guests. But you see, I, let me say I now, not the compare. I'm looking at making it comfortable for everybody so right from my first meeting with a client, my question is, how many hours are we looking at? So if it's a two or three hour event, I'm fine. I always advise them, do not do anything more than three hours. So it's a three hour event. And so we structure it. For some, I draw up a program. Mm-hmm. And then I tell them how much time. I am strict. I'm not a friend when I'm working. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's it for me. And so I can cut you off if you're overshooting it. Because we have a time thing. And one of the things that I love to do is to make events seamless. I do not want to introduce the next person if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to come up and pray, I'm going to tell you that you're going on next to pray. And so I expect you to walk up to the stage and then pray. Because mm-hmm. I think it's, it's better like a story. Yes. And, you know, yeah, of course, um, in this environment, sometimes people like to be introduced. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... <laughs> Doctor German Master Chief Dancy. I remember there was a there was an event I had for Chevron, and we did six cities, okay, and um, we did Lagos. Lagos was a two-hour event, and then I get to uh, what was it Asaba, and they say to me, "Sorry, the governor has just thirty minutes." Now I was happy. Because I'd been paid anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to put it on into 30 minutes. We did it. And they couldn't believe it. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm. you know, so I moved everything into 30 minutes. And it was, I enjoyed it mm-hmm. because it was straight to the point. And everybody was happy. And 30 minutes were done, 28 yeah. actually. So 
those are the kind of things you must be able to do. Otherwise, you're just going to waste away. Yes. And then you have the dignitaries leave before you're done. I mean, we got to, I think it was Portaco, and we had just 20 minutes. So time management is so, definitely... Yeah, it's so key. Time management is so key. Okay. Now, for someone who... You never know, it could be me. I could want to be transitioned into being a master. So <laughs> yeah, give me a side eye. Now, let's just say the person's in secondary school or university. Are there cl- and the person knows. You know how some, some people know that they have a calling. Let's just assume that this great person knows that what I was born to do in this life involves being a master or madame or ceremonies. Are there any classes or um, clubs that people, do you think that people should take? Or is that is that irrelevant to becoming a successful? A successful that word I is hard. I've heard people say they go for Toastmasters, they go to this one, they go to that one. Okay, which is okay if it works for you. But I I have only been active in Junior Chamber International, and for me, Junior Chamber International has been a fantastic training ground for actually mentoring for training. And so even in Junior Chamber, I've learned how. Because, you see, we learn how to run meetings. It's one of the key things. You've just got to be able to run a meeting. And Mm -hmm. you have maybe one hour or so to run a meeting. So those are the foundational steps that we've had to go through. So in Junior Chamber, I've also had to compare events, both locally and internationally, which has also helped. Mm -hmm. Again, because when we look at the international stage now, I've got to learn to speak another language. That's true. You know, so I've done in French. And, you know, so it opens up. So you can speak French? I do. Je m'appelle Shade. Ah, <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, sir. But, you know, so they, they, it's, it's, things just open up. Yeah. And you never know. Someone just picks that and they're like, oh, okay. Mm. Again, one thing I do is I like to script my event. Yes. And then I use a teleprompter, which is on my iPad. Mm-hmm. So it's always a problem when people come up to me and say, add this, do this. Uh, no, no. The event is ready. We were ready last week or we were ready just yesterday. And so it's all scripted. But if it's absolutely necessary, then we'll put it in. But if it's not, then sorry. Yeah, it's no point. Yeah. So it's also you telling the, I guess, the celebrant or whoever You've is, got to be able to yes. put your foot down yes. certain times. Yes, sorry. This is it. We can't overshoot the time. Someone actually told me, it's my event. And I said, I know. But you also <laughs> want a good event. Yes. You're paying me to do this. So obviously you think I'm an, you know that I'm an expert. So yeah. a couple of more questions before we transition to branding. How do young master or madame of ceremonies find mentors? Did you find a mentor when you first started? There's some people that I, I spent time with. You know, it's very interesting. I spent a lot of time with Alibaba. Strange because he's a comedian, mm-hmm. but he also does events. But you see, he helps you to think through. He's a fantastic guy. He's not just a comedian. He's a, he's a whole man. That's how I can describe mm-hmm. him. So he helps you to think through a process. You see the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can actually manage what you're going into. You know, so I, I spend a lot of time. Well, I spent a lot of time with him. I haven't done that in a while. He's extremely busy these days. Mm-hmm. You know, so that um, is Alibaba. Someone I also spent time talking to at, the, at a point was Sonny Rabo. Mm-hmm. You know, those are people that have enjoyed. And then there's also Tokumbo Debumi. You know, you just spend time with them and then you just enjoy. You just en- you make it seem so easy. And, you know, for me, it's like, if they can do it, why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's cool. Obviously, I have to touch on this topic. Do you think that having a foreign accent 
gives some <laughs> gives some people or how they say hasn't <laughs> gives some people a leg up because there's sometimes you hear people say that if you have preferably British or American you are more likely to get um jobs quicker because nigerians apparently not apparently because let me say apparently because i can't assume for nigeria apparently as nigerians some of us have complex problems <laughs> so do you think that if you had a political accent or american accent you may have been able to make a quicker transition i think that um again it probably depends on the client i would have a problem with a client that wants you to speak in a certain way that is not you. Over the years I have enjoyed I've enjoyed working with the people I've worked with because again maybe that's why they would call you to work anyway. Yes. You know so I probably don't know the other side of it but I've never had um I've never had that problem. I actually believe that even if you have a foreign accent um especially when I'm working and I need to um I mention foreign names you've got to you see that's the preparation stage is so key. I've got to know how to pronounce that name. Mm-hmm. And then you write it in a way that you will remember. Phonetically spell it out. Yes. You know and it has helped me a lot. Now you talked about prices. This is this is my final question on being a master of ceremonies. You talked about prices. How can someone who is young and trying who's trying to obviously eventually build a career in becoming a master of ceremonies, how does that person begin to I guess decide what they're going to charge. So initially like you said, they'll say come and do this for 10k, 20k, right? And chances <coughs> are you really can necessarily argue with those because you have to what's the word now? earn your stripes. In situations whereby you you want to charge 10 million for an event and they're saying it's too expensive, how does the person go about negotiating these things? Let let me put it this way. I said to uh, someone that I was like um, trying to manage at at some point. I said what would it cost you to be on stage? She did all the maths and it came to about, um, I think it was 500,000. So I said to her, if it's going to cost you 500 to be on stage, you cannot charge less than 500. I said, so you've got to now, with that in mind, you've charged 500 plus X. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the next time I saw her, she had just um, agreed to 250. And I just, I couldn't understand it. Because she needed the money. That whole pricing issue, when I have discussions with music producers, and I say that when it comes to people not paying you or letting you have the requisite contracts in order for you to have it in writing that this and this belongs to me, they've always raised that point that, okay, here I am saying that people should not produce for this person or produce for these groups of people. But there's going to be a young and upcoming person who's going to say, I will do it for, I'll even do it for free. So I just, it, just, it just made me think about the fact that there are people who are hungry, so can you really blame them? The point is, you've got to determine your cost. Yeah. So, if you know what it will cost you, then you can, you can be flexible with your pricing. I mean, for instance, um, okay, so I charge 500 per show, and I have five people that mm-hmm. will pay me 300 I'll do it for 300 I'll do the five. Again, it's all lessons learned. I'll yeah. stick to it and say, no, this is, ah, no, if I go and do 300 now, you know. But you see, you've got to learn to decide for yourself. That makes sense. Okay, so well, I forgot to ask this question. One of the conversations, or how would I phrase this, one of the issues that comes up whenever I have conversations with people about contracts is that in Nigeria, people seem to be very adverse to contracts. Do you have a manager who serves as that buffer between you and the clients? No, I don't have a manager yet. Okay. 
I don't. Do you think that may be helpful? Because I feel like managers can just be very helpful in. I know. I know. I say it all the time um, that I need a manager, but you see, we have a different environment. Yeah, that's that's, that's why I was asking you, sir. Yeah, we have a different kind of environment. Um, someone says to, I've tried it before. I say, eh? I want to speak to him directly. Allah cannot talk to me again. Exactly. You know, and so this is that environment. So um, I started it, but it was becoming, it was sending the wrong signal, as if you are being so arrogant. Uh, you are now a rich man, but you've got to learn to do things properly. But Mister. Why is it that we have that belief when it comes to our own people and we don't have that belief when we are dealing with people who are foreigners? What is it about us that we think that our fellow Nigerian people cannot... Yes, it's hard to get through to Miss Allah. It is because he's busy. Why do we think that it's okay for us to have that mentality when it comes to people who are foreign? But when it comes to other Nigerians, like ah, Kilon Shele, Oti, Oti, the big girl, Oti, the big Let me shock you. It's not even about people that are foreign. I'll tell you a story of a friend who, who was in America and was doing a lot of business in Abuja from America. So she relocated. And that was the end of the business. So it's that environment where you have people that are saying, ah, I give it to a consultant in America. She, she, she was worried because she was like, ah. Why am I not getting this job anymore? I said, because you've moved. You're local. A friend of mine called me into a meeting in England, and I have this client who wants to have this event. She, wants to do, she has this product launch, blah, blah, blah. And so we set up a meeting. She saw me that day, that meeting, and said, oh, it's you? I said, yes, it's me. And immediately, that was the end of the meeting, really, because she wanted an event planner from the UK for her event, not a local planner. Wow. So regardless of whether I could do it or not, she just needed to be able to say that I brought a planner from England. I, I, I know we have to move on from this topic, but, you know, when I hear certain stories about us as Nigerians and just as people, it, I'm not trying to be a bleeding heart here, but a lot of us, we need psychiatric evaluation. Blinkly, gosh, yes. That's enough said, sir. Let's move on to branding and public speaking. So, in present day Earth time, which is 2019 and probably 2020 very soon, there's an intense need for every creative or artist to become a brand. There's that thing. You have to build your brand. You have to build your brand. And sometimes I feel like people complain that the risk we run is that it comes out looking quite forced as opposed to when it's organic and seamless. And I say that because earlier in the year, I remember watching Oprah's interview with the Vogue editor-in-chief, Mr. Edward Eninfo, and she talked to him about the problems that she has observed with that generation. And she said that one of the issues she particularly has <coughs> noticed is how we are obsessed with social media and being called a brand. And she talked about the fact that she was very hesitant to actually be called a brand early in her career, but that now she knows that she is a brand but what she was more focused on was making choices every single day that got her to become the brand that she is, right? So I tell that to say, how can someone who is in my generation, how can they go about becoming a brand without trying to be, how do I say, how, how can they do without, being too, without, without doing too much? A brand is a promise made, a promise kept. I need to first make that promise before I dream of keeping a promise. If you've not made a promise... Branding does not even come into play. And that's where the problem is. People are not making a promise mm. to anything. 
So you are not branding anything. You are just thinking that let me just stay in this space. That's branding. No, I mean I would I say to people that for me, it's got to be an excellent event, and that's all I look out for, and that's what differentiates me. That's what pitches me above the rest, and the fact that I'm going to give you a time conscious event or an outing. So until we begin to make that conscious resolve really and that's it um because branding has become such a buzzword now yeah that's yeah because you you touched on something about the fact that your friends said that i don't know what you do mm-hmm. but then eventually you were able to course correct and you said okay and you were able to i guess reposition yourself and you are now known as someone who does this and this mm-hmm. but i think the issue with our generation and i'm in that generation a lot of us are so like you said we want to is it? Is it? You said a, a, prom, a brand is what? A promise kept. Promise made. A, a promise, promise kept. kept. We haven't even made the promise. I want, so what are you doing? <laughs> You've got to make that promise. Yeah. So we we skip that step. Mm. So if you don't have a destination, every road will lead to wherever. You know. So that's really the problem. People just don't. Again, I think uh, it's this drive for. There's so much you want to do, so much you, you need a lot of money for X, Y, Z. So every road must lead to the market. So we're hustling, that's the word. There's nothing wrong with hustling. I think, I think you can hustle on brand, though. I'll tell you something quickly. Um, there's a lady who sent her son to work with me. First day, he didn't come to work. Second day, he didn't come. Third day, he didn't come. And then the fourth day, Thursday... I get a call and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I couldn't make it since Monday. You know, my girlfriend had a problem. So I've been trying to sort that out and all that and all that. And I said to him, I said, you know what? Sort out your girlfriend. And then we would review this arrangement. So he says, okay. So I see his mom and his mom says, oh, thanks a lot. You know, I see that you got my son to work with you, blah, blah, blah. Her next statement was a problem. Ah, thank God, at least very soon he too will be able to live in this kind of house and drive this kind of car. <laughs> oh my God. And you know, I needed to correct that quickly. So I said to her, I said, Mommy, I didn't start today. Yeah. So if the mom is thinking like that. Yeah, can you imagine? Uh-uh. Can you imagine? You hurry up, just be like Ola. Yeah. yeah. I want to be like you, sir. You know, that's why all your. Be your careful own. what you uh, wish for. <laughs> I want to drive your car. You know, okay, so now for an artist who is on brand and somehow goes off brand, how can that person quickly correct that? It's a lot of work to even define yourself as this. Yeah. I'll tell you one. There's a friend of mine. He started off in black. Anything he does is black, black, black. He wears only black, everything black. It was okay. It was a good sell. And that was the brand he was projecting. One day he goes to buy a car. They didn't have black. And so he bought, what's it, yellow or something? And he was happy. It was a big car. And he drove out of the car lot. And his phone rang. And someone said, he bought a gold car, yes. So someone says, don't tell me that's you in that gold car. Do you know what he did? He said I were in gold. He made a U-turn, went back to that car shop, and made them change the car to black. Wow. He said, Ola, I learned a big lesson that day. Mm. Because you see, you've, you demarket yourself immediately because you've positioned yourself as someone that is this, this, mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. This is my brand, it's black. Mm-hmm. And then you buy a gold car. What do you say at your next outing? So you've got to know what you want to do I yeah. mean, before you... 
I mean, it was, and it's more difficult to change the color of a new car. So it was so much work for those guys, but he paid for that. Yeah, because the story is like when you drive a car off a lot, 50% of the value has already it's yeah. gone. In getting ready to come here, I was wanted to wear a bow tie. But yeah. I said, no, you can't wear a bow tie yeah. because you only wear bow ties to work. Yeah. And this is a fun conversation, Mr. Allen. That would have been super uptight. Miss Allah, <laughs> wearing the bow tie. Oh, you mean like what? no for this function? Oh, I, don't, I was I was like for this podcast. No, no. Nah. Nah. What's that you about? What again? Cool. The one is not that hard. Coleto, Coleto, yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Going on to public speaking, which has become increasingly crucial in this day and age. How can artists or creatives, in your words, communicate their messages with confidence, poise, and finesse when they are asked? to speak publicly people need to ask or seek help if you have it then you're lucky and there's no shame in seeking help and that's why again that's why i actually subscribed to and i represent this company called media training worldwide mm-hmm. in nigeria the whole idea is to teach leaders how to speak and whenever i say that people always mean or interpret leaders to mean people in authority when everybody we're really all, is a exactly leader. growing up we were taught something that said think on your feet but in media training worldwide we don't believe in thinking on your feet we believe in thinking on your seat before you get up we also believe that you can't have an answer to everything we also believe that there's nothing wrong in saying i, I don't, don't know, know. So um, you ask me a question, I don't have an answer to it, but there's something that I know. Then I get you into what I know. So when I tell people, uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge because people are arrogantly ignorant. And that's a big problem. I mean, I say to some guy, we will do this. This is what media training worldwide can do for you, blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, he said, I've been speaking before you were born. So I said to him, I said, ah, that is true, sir. I said, okay, so you're speaking tomorrow. Can we just practice or go through what you're going to be saying tomorrow? And that was the end. He was finished. So there's that need, but people need to realize that there's no harm in seeking help, you know. And you've got to get that help to be able to say the right things, know what, what not to say, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's something that there's a desperate cry for in our country. Yeah. I think you're also touching on one of the questions that I, I wanted to ask is what do artists or creatives need to do before the opportunity to speak publicly presents itself? Prepare, prepare, prepare. There's always an opportunity to speak. Yes. So just prepare and then practice. I'll tell you what Media Training Worldwide does. It's very simple. Um, so it's a class of maybe like eight people. We'd say eight marks, but we've never been able to do that in Nigeria, you say like 15, 20, you know. But the whole idea is eight people because the learning process is different. So I have set up um, different um, montages and um, I have street, walking on the street, I have sitting at uh, like we are now and then I have just a regular seminar, Mm -hmm. you know. So you're speaking and we're recording and then at the end of it, we play back for all the people to hear. And so people are saying, ah, you shouldn't have done this. So you take note of those things. And we record again. And that's what we do. And we do for everybody. Until you get better. The first problem that people notice is that, you know, we don't even know what we sound like. 
So, but if you do this often enough, then you know what you sound like. Then you can sound like you want to sound. That's true. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So that's the first thing I said. Ah, who is that? It's you. So now you know what you sound like. So you can actually speak like you should sound, you know? Yes. So those are the kind of things that people need to learn to do. So when the opportunity comes, you don't even run. You actually begin to look for an opportunity to yes. speak and practice. Yes. But do you also think that in terms of learning how to speak properly publicly and just being an effective communicator, that starts from our regular conversations with people? Because one of my one of the, one question that I have for you is in terms of filler words, all these uh you know all these filler words that we have. Do you think that those issues that come up when we speak publicly can be eradicated if we start incorporating public um great public speaking strategies when we're just speaking like right now, even like when you're just doing party party with your friend, so that when the opportunity actually presents itself, it's like a seamless transition. Again, it's that practice. Yes. Because if it's something you practice, mm-hmm. you'll find out that even when you're speaking to your friends, it, 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 come, it, it just come comes yes. and, then, uh, and then everybody's like, mm, you have started again. But you see, that's just you. That's a brand you're building. Yes. That's just you. That's the way you are. So they know the way you are. Again, the other side of it is that when they need someone like that, that they can call up at short notice, they mm-hmm. think you are that. It's just going to flow. You know? yes. So it's just practice. People just need to want to speak right. Yeah, because I think that when it comes to artists, I think that singing or rapping and pretty much creating content in the safety of your studio around people that care about you is different when you are being called to speak publicly among strangers. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if that has not been a habit of you speaking properly, even if it's pidgin English, mm-hmm. speak that pidgin English to perfection. Yeah, I want to be able to know this guy as a rap artist. But I want to be shocked when he starts to speak. Exactly. 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 And I think this whole public speaking skill set needs to not just apply to artists, but also their team. Because it's sad when you have a manager or a PR who cannot string together proper coherent sentences. It tells about... Exactly. It's a reflection on you, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we are going to move on to the fun random (laughs) questions portion. I always get that very confused. You ready? I think so. Okay. First question. Your son can only attend one of these universities. University of Lagos, Amadou Bello University, or Babcock University? No, I'm going to have to go back and pray. <laughs> you actually had Ife there, but that would be too no, easy. No, I, I would not even have picked Ife, sadly. Really? Why? No. We, sadly, sadly. We, we don't have schools anymore. Let me just leave it at that. Yeah. The second question is, you never leave your house without these four things. Four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My phone. Okay. Wi-Fi. Okay. <laughs> a travel bag. Okay. And um, hmm, my wallet. Your wallet. Okay. That's, those are crucial. Third question. If you died and came back to Earth, but you could only have one of these traits. Which are you picking? Being a great public speaker, having great etiquette, or being impeccably groomed? That's a broad one. Being impeccably groomed. Yes, like... Physical. Yes, sir. No, 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 sir. Well, I mean, yeah, physical, but also like being very put together. Like you smell nice, your nails are clean. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> but Mr. Allah, do you think you're dirty? No. <laughs> do you know that that question? I I I use it as a summation of of you. Like you are a great speaker. You have great etiquette. So I had to say, which which one do you say? We're dying here. They die here. Which one is it? Out of those three. Yes, sir. It's then it's got to be the first one. Being a great public speaker. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully you'll speak your way into money. <laughs> I know and good hygiene. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but you know why? Because I guess if you are a great public speaker, repetition, be, you, right? You, would, you, you be would forced. also be conscious of yes, sir. Of what you present. That's true. Uh, okay, that, that's that's good. Okay. Fourth question is: When was the last time that you drank palm wine? Palm wine. Oh no, it's probably a year now. Oh, I haven't drank palm wine in like. Since I was a child. I know. I, ah, no, no, no. I do it. I mean, yeah, it's probably about a year. Oh. Fifth question. What are the two things that you wish you knew in your 20s that you know now? Plan, plan, plan. And um, planning, planning covers quite a bit. Um, I would not have spent money like I spent it at the time because I didn't have a plan. I always mm. say, I say to people now, you've got to have a plan. When you have a plan, you never have enough. But when you have and then there's no plan. There's nothing to put the money into. And you're in trouble. So I learned the hard way. Plan, plan, plan. plan That's plan. really good. Final question. Which are you picking? Owning a private jet? A yacht? A private island? Or five profitable luxury hotels? Ah, oh, five hotels. Oh, no, no. That's my dream. Well, my dream is not five. My dream is one. But... Um, Five says a lot because that means that you're extending your brand into five different things. That, that, that mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. And that wraps up our chat. Thank, Thank you. you so much, oh, wow. Mr. Ola. Today's episode is produced by Fola Shade Anosie. To ensure that you do not miss out on subsequent episodes, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud, or Stitcher Radio. That's T-H-E-S-N-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. We are also active on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the same name. Alternatively, I am on Twitter at Shade Nonconform. Bye.